Reunion of the Unwanted back May 23rd, 2022. Ricky, how's it going? What's up, everybody? Just a, a quick reminder, the, the Union of Unwanted dot com you can find all our links all the social media platforms we're on all the video platforms all that stuff we live stream every other monday on rockfin exclusively and then at 7 p.m eastern time and then typically within a day or two the video is available in uh, on odyssey and the audio is available everywhere so uh, if you want to watch it live make sure you check out rockfin many of the people who join us on these shows are also on rockfin so you'll see a lot of familiar faces there um but thank you so much everybody for joining us of course another union done wanted uh this is a topic that maybe i should give it back to you uh mike because uh you know, I, I think you you dive down this rabbit hole much more often than I do. <laughs> yeah, I pay attention to UFOs uh, and fast food news. I mean, that's my specialty. Um, but when it comes to like the world of UFOs, obviously one of the bigger events that happened within the past month was the congressional UFO hearings uh, that happened last week. And I watched it. I listened. I cut some clips. I won't play the clips here, uh, but... Uh, I, I would like to hear what Graham has to say. I found the hearings to be a little bit boring, and there were only two exchanges uh, that were somewhat interesting, one of which um, a representative brought up the Admiral Wilson memo, which uh, took place. It was a memo that is in question that revolves around an admiral trying to get access to some black budget projects and was told that he had absolutely no right and permission to do so. And so you had this congressman grilling two people from the Pentagon about this, and they were dumbfounded, as if they've never heard of this thing and uh, didn't even want to acknowledge it. Um, and then also uh, questioning the two people from the Pentagon about UFOs interacting with uh, nuclear missile silos and uh, various missiles. And they were also dumbfounded about, about that, and either they were lying uh, or they were willfully ignorant on that topic. Some interesting things there, but uh, I'd be curious to see what Graham thinks about the hearing, if he saw it at all. Yeah, I, I watched uh, some recaps and some highlights, and I was just going to say the exact same thing you did. It's either willful blindness or they're lying, and, I, and it's hard to know what's worse, and it's hard to know what it really is. I mean, it just it, to, it's almost embarrassing they have this this big thing, and they just don't you know acknowledge 60 years of research and studies and all kinds of stuff that they're just pretending they don't know there because someone important enough hasn't asked them you know what's going on i mean it's it's they only want to, they, they wanted to talk from they only want to talk about events from 2003 until the present Four. anything before that uh, they didn't want to acknowledge they didn't talk about any other uh uh, various projects. Uh, they referenced Project Blue Book. They didn't reference Project Sign or Grudge or any of the other intelligence assessments that took place during the 50s. And what's curious is the guy from the Navy, he's a big fan of Star Trek. He is all up on sci-fi. And uh, just as a, a fellow Trekkie, um, once you kind of dip into that world, you're kind of maybe more interested in UFOs and the possibilities of life out there. And that he may have, at bare minimum, seen Time Life commercials in the '80s when they talk about this stuff. But apparently, I'm, I'm, I think he just had his blinders on, and he wants to keep his job, so he didn't say too much. Yeah, I think Gallagher, the representative Gallagher, had great questions. You know, if you were listening to that uh, uh, debacle, <laughs> uh, if you will, the, the fact of the matter is that there was a lot of great questions, but a lot of crappy answers. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, who knows what the hell happened in the uh, classified uh, session, uh, whether or not those things were answered, but I doubt it. Uh, and it really goes to show you that, uh, you know, whoever is in charge of this uh, thing is uh, really needs to uh, start digging a lot deeper to understand what the hell is going on. Or it makes you just wonder that this is, again, it's just a, you know, it's a smokescreen. It's not, they don't want to dig deeper because this is just going to be to, to control the complete disclosure themselves. You know, some interesting, uh, that uh, is another question that got asked along with that Wilson memo was the uh, nuclear silos that got shut down. I think um, Colonel Salas was in the 2001 National Press Club. He talked about it. So what's silly about this thing is it's been on record. It's it, We get it. Now, the interesting part to this is the UAP stands for, you know, the U stands for unidentified. So my mind goes, well, they knew exactly what it was, you know. So maybe they're being honest when they say, oh, well, we didn't put that into this program uh, because we already know what it is. You know, or that was one of ours, you know, stuff like that. And so these are the things where you sit there and you just go, okay. So there's all this like, I mean, you know, we expect it from the government now, but it's this, you know, fuckery and this back ass stuff and this dodge and deflect and all of that kind of thing. And we knew that this was going to be, I mean, um, you know, I guess now the point of the conversation is when's the fake alien invasion going to happen? You know, that's kind of where my mind goes with this. Whenever, you know, you think back to Sergei Manas, you know, book, what, 94, 96, talking about that. This is this is where I'm at with this. And the only answer why I can find that it's taken so damn long is because they've got the 70 holograms, you know, and they've got the sky to skull technology they got from Russia. They got it all ready to rock. Uh, it's just taken a while because the UFOs that they have on supply, um, they have to scrape the swordstickers off the side of them uh, before they can roll them out. Well, I wonder you know, if we had to read between the lines a little bit with the hearing uh, when they said a lot of the stuff didn't have otherworldly or out-of-earth explanations. And then uh, when questioned about sensors under the water, that's when they said, well, we'll talk about that in the closed session. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering, like, when it says all these things have earthly explanations, is if the explanation is, oh, yeah, these are people that live at the bottom of the sea. And if they're technically from Earth, they're not from Mars. So when we say that, we're not lying in front of Congress. Like, it's something like that, or it's us from the future, so they're not aliens. They're just us from a couple thousand years from now. Well, yeah. I think it's a combination of a lot of different things that uh, go on, uh, whether it's extraterrestrial, interdimensional, time travelers, our military, or all the above. It is certainly happening. And, you know, with regard to what Brandon said earlier, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Major Salas there and his wife were at the uh, MUFON Symposium uh, last uh, year in uh, Vegas, and I was there giving a presentation to the experiencer group, and uh, uh, he came up to me afterwards and said, can I talk to you? And, and I said, certainly, and so we, we closeted a little bit later, so to speak, and he started to tell me about his experience of being abducted with his wife, and that the his wife came back afterwards and had healing capabilities. So, I mean, this thing, you talk about going down a rabbit hole and <laughs> with just incredible things that are going on. I mean, whatever this group here can come up with is probably possible. Well, when it comes to like those types of incidents, they, they aren't going to reference alien abductions for a long time. I don't, it's undetermined whether or not that's really within the scope of the current UAP investigation. They're trying to focus on, at least what they're telling us, sensor data, 
uh, data that can be replicated, that kind of stuff. But the whole history of UFO abductions, I would have to imagine that it has been investigated. There are at least probably four people at the Pentagon that are intimately involved and intimately know what possibly is going on. And that it's a whole range of phenomenon, not just one species. It is a whole range and it's super complicated and uh, probably half of them are scared about this stuff. Two years ago, before uh, COVID shut everything down, I had a lunch with Lou Elizondo and uh, he was uh, here in Garland, Texas, <clears throat> interviewing Terry Lovelace, who he and another gentleman uh, were in the Air Force at that time and they were interrogated. Okay. And this was supposed to be an episode of Unidentified, which never got aired, which was very interesting to me. And I think people like Gary Nolan and uh, people like Kit Green are definitely talking to experiencers in a big way, you know, with regard to their psychic abilities, their remote uh, uh, viewing capabilities and, and things of that nature. I mean, our government knows a hell of a lot more than any of us here probably uh, know and understand for for sure well i mean uh let's get to let's get david uh generation z into this uh i'm not sure if you watched did you watch the hearing at all david is that uh, within your scope of of care yes but i i okay so forgive me to everyone here i I know all of you super well uh most of you i think and it's first off it's a pleasure to be here um, I have a few different perspectives on this, um, so forgive me if I go on a bit of a tangent, but uh, I see the hearings, it's, it's a play, it's a chess move, it's, it's, there will be more hearings. It's to put, as I understand it, the, what's happening now is that for those that say, okay, so how come you know, um, people like Lou Elizondo and others, and I want to be clear, this is not an attack nor a defense of such individuals, but to those that say, why aren't there certain intel guys, military guys that have come out, that, why don't they just simply come out, break their oath if it's that significant? There's been over 500 of them. Nobody's listened. And it's been in LA Times. It's been in the papers. It, I'm of the understanding currently, and I could be wrong, that there are certain elements within the United States government and other governments around the world and scientists as well, too, because the, the academic papers, if you just scale them up, it speaks to the technology that chronologically is paralleled with not Roswell, actually, before that, uh, the, the Nazis, believe it or not, but it's to... There have been loads of people from NATO, from the the military, United States and otherwise, Ecuador, France, you name it, that have come out and said, look, these are the species. This is what we know. And this is, again, we may be wrong and what have you. There was deliberately an, an, an effort based on people like Edward Teller and others from the Atomic Energy Commission back in the, the, the 50s um, relative to the Manhattan Project to... in put in place a system that cannot allow for this to get out and so because that system has still carried on now there needs to be an official way to to diplomatically put these guys in a corner without that while making them look idiotic in my opinion it needs to be done i guess you could say quote-unquote coloring within the lines now to play devil's advocate one could say well what does that even mean if they don't color within the lines themselves and it's like i hear you but sadly that the masses up until very recently seem to focus on again only what you know the new york times or cnn says now of course in the last couple of years there's been a shift don't get me wrong that's one of the reasons why thankfully and graciously even thanks to you guys i've been able to you know do do my show and all of that and you guys have been able to do all of your fantastic shows but i think it's um 
okay, I'll, I'll say that I, I am very confident that there will be more hearings very soon. And the first hearing was not so much what was said in it, but to, to send a message to others that have not testified yet to put them in a corner. That's just my take. And that's not, let, let me just say that it's not for better or worse. That's not for me to say, but it's a, I think it's a chess game and it's being played. It's being played well by who I not sure. And I think there's more than one group, if you will, but it's a, I think it's a, it's a chess game. It's to put them in the corner. Like, let me give you an example. When Bray and uh, the other gentlemen there were, that were testifying were asked about, are you familiar with the Eric Wilson, uh, excuse me, the Admiral Davis, uh, Eric, uh, Eric Wilson documents, uh, the memo? And they're like, they looked at each other like, no, they, they, they know. They, they're, they obfuscated. They're not familiar with it. Or again, it's, it's the way in which they answer it. They watch their words carefully. They know. Well, there's, you know exactly. there's, there's a lot of controversy around that memo. Some people think it's fake. Some people think it's oh, uh, if real. The memo is, sure, if the memo is fake or not, that's not for me to say personally. But the fact that they both looked at each other and said, we're not aware of it or we're not familiar with it. Forgive me for the exact words. Um, I'm of the opinion that's a play down the road. And it's not about whether the memo itself is fake or not. It's about putting them in a position where, say the memo's fake. But they say the memo is fake and they, they knew about it and they either lied or obfuscated to Congress. What does that say about the veracity of their credibility now? You see what I'm saying? And all you need to get, you have that is written up and say the New York Times, there you go. But that it needs to, it, the game needs to be played in a lot. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm not trying to defend anyone or any group, let me be clear. But I, it seems like a chess game to me. That's just my take. Why would, they, why would they just talk about not having enough data for a lot of these cases? Meanwhile, the report had the majority of them, if not all of them, unknown because they, d- they couldn't figure out what it was re- despite all the data they had on those. It, as I understand it, it has to do with what's called ar- um, um, armchair derivative classifiers. There's different database, like, um, how can I, exp- uh, sorry, Graham, could you please rephrase that, brother? I just want to. Well, like, like they, they were talking about how they don't have enough data for a lot of these cases. They brought up stupid examples, right? They, and they even showed us a, a silly example. I mean, it just, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're it's almost separate, gross. They're separate, they're separate departments that get scuttled off to NRO, DOE, and Air Force, which is why they don't have the data, but they have colleagues that do, and they yeah, know. But the that. report, the report that came out last June or whatever, has you know basically saying that there's a whole whack of unknowns. Yeah, it's it's like when but it's like when Battelle said that that magnesium bismuth piece didn't have any unique components to it. I'm not so sure about that. I'm, I'm not trying to say that anyone here is wrong and I'm correct. Not at all. I'm just, it just seems like a chess game to me. You can and say that. I'm, you can say we were all full of shit. It's fine. No, 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 no. Because who, who am I to say, man? Who the hell am I to say? You're Dave. But, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, no, but to be fair though, I think what you're seeing with that one 180 day report was a, um, uh, how, how can I put this? Um, it, it, there's a there's there's still an ongoing battle as I understand it internally between how the the cat the cat is out of the bag but metaphorically are we going to see the whiskers the paw or the whole thing that's that's what the question is in my opinion. Well, um, I, I I do agree it's a bit of a play here. I think that the next step is to for this committee uh, to establish some sort of civilian board of scientists to uh, be the intermediary to evaluate some of this data I, so i'm in full agreement i just think there needs to be some more remnants of that cancer plucked within the dod spe- and specifically before that gets out um sorry i just we have to also remind ourselves too that the 
we got to focus, in my opinion, on the Department of Energy quite strongly. The Department of Energy did not have oversight until its quote unquote founding in 1977, but they were, there was, they were initiated long before that, the Manhattan Project and all of this. Now, if you parallel that with the interesting friendships that former Atomic Energy Commission members and private industry leaders within the military industrial complex had and still have in some cases, it gets interesting. And they fund all the private, la- all the labs too, all the national labs that are probably doing all this compartmentalized research. Mm-hmm. And even when you look at things like dumbs, like deep underground military bases, the Phil Schneider story is fascinating. And so the, that these have been around forever. There's these high speed trains, you know, and it's all conjecture or whatever. Uh, but you have a lot of things that go on under there that can't be explained. So to what they said about non you know, this was all terrestrial origins. That could be true. It could be underground bases. It could be world well, technology. It, it could be future humans if I could, back to time machines. Sure. If I could jump in real quick too, we also have to remember too, these people splice hairs metaphorically with their wording. Like there's no tomorrow because let's say, for example, um, let's say there's, okay, let's say hypothetically an ET race comes here and, and we, gives us some of their DNA or whatever. And we find out that there's some of our DNA in theirs and vice versa. Is that, are they really extraterrestrial then? Because in pure theory, that's technically us and they're, they're us and we're them. So then again, this goes back to how these government people, which pisses me off, by the way, how they split hairs. Is that extraterrestrial? Is that ultra? Is that crypto? What, what is that? Right. That that's the thing. So by pure definition, on the basis of the English language of the word, it's like, well, you know, senator, you know, congressman, congresswoman, representative, whatever. You asked me this way, so I answered this way. It's just t- tap dancing, in my opinion. But I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. I think there's a lot. <clears throat> excuse me. I think there's a lot of theater involved. Yep. Um. I think what they want us to know and what actually is happening are two different things. And we've seen this for a very long time, right? We've seen and we've been waiting for this. People have been talking about Operation Blue Beam for centuries, right? I mean, like, this is the game that's getting played. So, I mean, everything on your television and on your computer screen seems to be somewhat uh, manufactured theater. So... I, I wouldn't doubt that anything that's being said right now by Dave is is, is that far off. I think I think we on the show have seen that the game played so much that to not ask those questions is is seems like naivety to me. And that what is really going on is really the question. Can I, sorry, I don't mean to hog it. I, if I could just add one last thing to what to Sam's point and to play devil's advocate against everything I just said, I think it also depends on how much of the macro or the micro we, we zoom into or out of. And I, I mean that with respects to, okay, so for example, there are now academic papers that cite what's called morpho, uh, morphogen, holofractal morphogenetics. Of course. And right. So what we have there is essentially the concept of holographic and fractal elements within this reality dimension plane whatever you want to call it that we live in so if we look at a handful actually basically all of whistleblower alleged whistleblower claims that whether you want to believe them or not and to be skeptical is fantastic one thing i find consistent about all these claims is that it's claimed that no matter how much of a piece of chunk of metal you were to rip off of that craft that they were trying to reverse engineer when you when you use certain spectral uh, spectroscopic tools to zoom into it it was just a blueprint and a resemblance of the rest of the craft and that speaks to again fractals and 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 
cymatics, harmonics, you name it. Now, what's interesting is that speaks to something called scalar waves, frequencies. Scalar is not a, as I understand it, scalar waves with, with regards to energy do not have direction, but they have magnitude. Magnitude means that essentially within this, again, 3D, 4D world that we live in would be a circle. And that circle would be resonating energy simultaneously and neither, which speaks to quantum non-locality which also speaks to biological non-locality that, again, Charles Lieber has discussed in academic papers as well and, and what have you. Now, what's interesting, however, that I find is when you scale that up or down, what you then have is this, this concept of everything is technically speaking fractal, generally speaking. And our DNA is made up of scalar waves that oscillate, which means that technically speaking, in pure scientific theory, we are all programmable matter. So to Sam's point, if the government had the tech to mess with that, it would be it would be possible now again then there's the whole concept of entropy neg entropy it gets you know non-locality and all of this but the idea would be that because you have what's called scalar waves that are not focused in any one direction but they're in magnitude all over the place that speaks to sir roger penrose's spinners and i find that not i find that coincidental he recently won the nobel prize on spinners almost as if to academic to ush the usher the academic community into this because the academic community community generally speaking within the system we live in needs to accept it first before it can be brought to a consumer market that that's my personal opinion so what you then have is all these academic papers being written in the last five years everything on you know ball lightning plasma not being touched up until fairly recently no funding for why why is there no funding for any projects looking into as i under to my knowledge at least below the delta wave spectrum i recently had a conversation with someone at at i can't say who at the moment um DARPA and a few other places. And I, I proposed this to them, this whole thing of the DNA, the Naga, the double helix collapsing the wave and all that. And um, I was given an interesting response, let's just say. And so there's something there. And I think this whole thing of, you know, when Einstein says uh, we can't go faster than the speed of light, I don't think an object in this reality can, but I think we can. And I think that speaks to what's called non-destructive self-implosion. So I'm sorry for all the, the, the I'm not trying to make a word salad here, guys, but um yeah, thank you. It's 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 it, David. David, I want I want to simplify this sure. for everyone. Okay, if I if I might. <laughs> sure, sure. Because because I mean you, you know you're please, a wealth please, of information less. in this regard. So <clears throat> the bottom line is that uh, as I said two years ago, I, I had the opportunity to have lunch with Lou Elizondo, and he basically said that they understand how these craft operate. That it's a combination of what is in the skin of the craft, which may be some of this metamaterial, and a very low power source that creates this this ability to do what it's doing. So uh, I'm, I'm oversimplifying what you just said, David. But uh, the bottom line is that uh, you know we may not have the language or the science right now to t- fully understand this, but there are people within various sources, whether you call it government or the military industrial complex that have this capability. So uh, I think we're in a very exciting time uh, to move forward with all of this. And I'm, I'm just so happy. Thank you, uh, Ricky, for having me on here tonight. And, uh, and I thank all the people, Brandon, and uh, who I've been on your show before. And I would love to talk to the rest of you guys at some point. I, 
I also want to say as well, uh, to simplify everything I just said there, literally, and I'm not saying this because he just came here, but um, Mr. Stone's interview on Buzzsaw with Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, that I think there's something big there. Big. That's my personal opinion. Well, is it possible, so to play devil's advocate here, that what they discovered back in the 40s and 50s was so horrific that uh, the good people at the, the in the government they had to protect it from us uh, and, and, and shield all this information from us because what they're dealing with, what, what, is, what is visiting us, is not for our highest good. And so they have to deny it. Uh, they have to keep denying and lying and lying because what, they're, what we're up against is so evil. There, there is this prison planet idea that kind of goes hand in hand with this conversation. Like if you get to a certain level and the technology that exhibits itself and all of these kinds of things, um, their ability to put things in our mind, you know, as the reports go, these screen memories, uh, you saw an owl, no, really in hypnotic regression, it was a gray and you actually got abducted. Um, someone's told Lester that he's been on a UFO sitting on a bench naked and he doesn't remember that at all. So there's like these amazing tales of them being able to hijack consciousness, make you face through walls. You know, there's this talk of, then, then you go to, okay, well, are we just astral projecting? And that's why you're able to face through walls and stuff. Whenever you, There's so much to this, and it gets so convoluted that, yeah, perhaps this is, you know, the worst case scenario, right? This is just an ant farm, and we're a resource. We're a loose resource for these folks, or we're an experiment of some sort. And this is the idea, you know, that goes back to Sitchin's work with the Anunnaki coming here and modifying an ancient hominid that's here, and then that, that resulted in us. And then they kind of check on us from time to time. This would explain the experiments. I mean, think of what we do with tranking animals in the wild. They would have the same stories that these contactees experience as well. Identical. Uh, I was there. I saw something crazy that I can't explain. A human in this case. Um, A fish example is even better because they were pulled from an environment in which they survive in that we can't survive in, that they were yanked from, crossed a threshold into a completely different dimensional reality. And the ones that get thrown back, go back to tell other fish friends, dude, you would not believe the amazing story I've got. No one would believe it. But again, fish in our minds are like a resource or just sport or something like that. So perhaps that's the terrifying understanding that they came to is that we are some sort of prison planet resource type thing. There's something with extremely low frequencies in my opinion as well. That's why they won't fund any any studies going below the delta spectrum because it hugs the, there are certain things that hug the ground VLF ULF ELF extremely ultra very low frequencies I think they they figured out I think I, Einstein privately figured out a unified field theory aka the answer to everything because he was init- he was initially going off of Oliver Heaviside's equations but those were in my humble opinion butchered by James uh, James Maxwell had the initial unifying field theory essentially in that in 1864 and what that essentially did was it, it added the element of G, which essentially gave the potential for there to be other uh, dimensions, um, things like this, and, and using hyperspatial vacuums and all of that, which speaks to Dr. Hal Pudoff's work on zero-point energy, which is exactly, what, in my humble opinion, what uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Laquino's Mind Wars book speaks to without revealing anything sensitive. <laughs> You know, I, I think that uh, what Brandon brought up here just, you know, a moment ago is the fact that uh, you know, I often give the uh, uh, the example of, uh, you know, we, we, we take dolphins and we pull them out of the ocean and we uh, take blood samples, okay, and we tag them and then we throw them back in the ocean and to their environment. And then a year later, we come back, pull them out again and check on them, check their length, uh, check the blood again, uh, check the uh, implant, 
that's been going on. Um, I don't know if you, uh, the, the rest of the group here, I know Brandon and, and, and David know who I am, but the, the bottom line, I, I represent an organization called OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, which we've basically been helping people that have had experiences with, oh, thank you very much, Brandon, in my book, uh, The Unknown Other and the, uh, the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact. Thanks, Brandon. And and what we're trying to do is help these people that are having these experiences uh, with support groups and uh, 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 basically uh, 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 references to other uh, uh, therapists, whether it's mental health practice uh, practitioners or mental health uh, people. And uh, you can see what we're all about at our website at opusnetwork.org. And so that's it for the advertising folks. I just wanted to let you know who I was. <clears throat> well, with what you deal with, Les, um, in the support groups, is it akin to a form of rape when people get abducted like this? Because uh, I've read, like, it does. It's a, it's a very, it's a violation of your personal space and your mind and your, your, your willpower is gone and you can't remember it. And so it's, it's very traumatic for these people. So how do they deal with it long term? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's probably three phases to the, uh, the experience where the, the initial phase is traumatic to most people. There's, there's probably nobody that's had an experience that that initial phase has not been traumatic in some way, shape, or form. And then after a while, they, they, they come to a place where they accept it and they're, they're comfortable with it. And, and then various uh, types of uh, uh, conversations start to happen uh, telepathically generally. And then they get into the third phase where it starts to stop. And then people, it's almost like the Stockholm syndrome where, you know, they wonder why it's stopping. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, 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 and basically the, the whole thing is a spiritual journey because these people in nine times out of 10 come out of these experiences with the feeling that we need to have better stewards of our planet. We need to be better to one another. We need to, to love one another. And these are all wonderfully positive things that happen. Now, 80% of these people, 75 to 80% want these uh, uh, contacts to continue. And then the, the, the remaining percentage want them to stop because of how negative they may be. And I think we're dealing with various things, whether it's within certain uh, alien groups, if you will, uh, that are, some are positive, some are negative, but even within those groups, there's negative and positive, just like we have here on the planet. We have good people and we got bad people <laughs> and the same thing is going on. And then another factor is reincarnation which seems to be a universal factor, a universal cog in this whole process, which, which you know, and, and Brandon mentioned the fact that I was told in one of the support group meetings that I facilitated that a person said, I've seen you before. And I said, where, at a UFO conference? He said, no, I saw you on board a craft. Well, the first time somebody told me that, I just blew it off. I, I said, okay, I, you know, okay, whatever. And then it was like a year, year and a half later that somebody told me the same thing. They said, I was sitting on this bench naked and I was freaking out. And, and they told me to go over to you to calm you down. So I went over finally to get a, a regression done. I had three separate ones and I found nothing in that regard. But the bottom line was uh, uh, that I had multiple past lives. Uh, multiple reincarnations and somebody later said to me so perhaps this person somehow tapped into a previous reincarnation where you were actually 
taken. So I tell you, this rabbit hole is incredible. Well, that's like uh, Pat Price, the former police chief commissioner of I forgot which which uh, state or county, but he did some uh, remote viewing. This is public now for uh, Dr. Hal Pudoff, Russell Targ back in the day, I think in the 70s. And um, they said the most, quote unquote, woo woo or wacky thing out there was that uh, after they had proven that all of the remote viewing experiments seemed to have worked in certain conditions when, when you isolated all the removed, all the quote unquote, scrambled frequencies that are among us um, at the moment, they asked, uh, well, can you recall a, a certain point in your life of something of, of this? I forgot what the question was. Can you recall a certain point of time in your life that you can view? And oh, yes. And he said, he goes, well, do you want me to stick to this lifetime? And that was the most thing. That was the thing that made them go, whoa. And again, this is, you know, a police chief commissioner, as I understand it. And Mr. Pat Price, I think he's passed away at this point. But um yeah, I mean, this is this is public knowledge. I, uh, Dr. Hal Pudoff has spoken about this quite often. So, I mean, there's, um, I, I think there's something there. Now, for those that, I just want to say quickly, for those that seem to, and I'm not saying anyone here in the call, but for those that think, okay, spirituality, consciousness, these are very vague words. I'll be honest, I couldn't agree more. So for those that say, or for those that want to learn more about that side, but seem to have some trouble getting there, I would kindly and respectfully recommend maybe viewing the spiritual side as, for example, frequency strings or lasers or something like this, if you will, because that that is a way that you can technically speaking transition into that concept of light waves, UV rays, all of that without, you know, sounding all woo-woo if you don't want to really delve. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not to anyone here. I'm just saying for the audience and all that. Um, there's certainly ways you can sort of merge or transition to that without going, okay, I went from nuts and bolts academic papers to all of a sudden, you know, past live regression type situation. And not, not trying to disrespect that either, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people say you need to raise your, your, your consciousness. And um, I, I try, but nothing happens. And so uh, I guess when it comes down to terms like that, they, it can be a little ambiguous. And- sure, I, I understand that, yeah. Because it's kind of like, okay, so what do you mean? I, I, to the people that ask me, I say, we're, well, we're doing it right now. But I think what we take right now is we have to then apply that to our personal lives, for example. Uh, self-analysis, if you will. Do I, you know, do I maybe drink a little too much? Do I, uh, again, do I, do I maybe not exercise as much as I should? Things like this. Do I, do I realize that, you know, when I get angry or I snap, is that really an internal uh, self-projection of some insecurity that I have? Right. Things like this. Um, yeah, that's I could be wrong, but just, you know, basic, basic things in that regard. Well, well, Sean jumped in here and we don't want to neglect Sean. Uh, we started off the uh, the show, Sean, uh, talking about the UFO congressional hearing. Um, I would definitely like to hear your thoughts on it if you even decided to watch that bore fest <laughs> or maybe your opinions about the news afterwards. No, I, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, like This is old news, man. I mean. Remember the how was it the Howard Blum book out there talking about the um, basically like this these sort of subgroups within I think you somewhere like was it in the Pentagon that was already like they were doing you know investigations into the UFOs I mean this is just this is boring to me because this is so old for those of us that have been paying attention to these things I mean obviously you got to go back you know Corso's book uh, I I know about it as a kid my dad told me about it the after Roswell when I was a kid and I met Corso Jr. and uh, you know he really you know. Corso Jr. stands by what his father says. You know, he's, he believes he's a very, he believes his father was a very uh, straight shooting kind of man uh, with integrity, not the kind of guy that would just make it up to make money on his deathbed, you know. So the idea of this this UFO phenomenon to me is my, I'll just give you a little 
crash course into my encounter with this began really, I would say, with my interactions with the paranormal. Understanding that, A, having like, I was reading about these things maybe as like a high school kid and resonating more with a memory, like an instinctual innate knowing that there was a reality to this, that this universe is, is, is much more connected to consciousness than anything else, that it's, it's really difficult to analyze the history of the evolution of humans as just a material phenomenon. You really have to get into this, this notion of, 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 a, of our connection to consciousness innately connecting us to a higher power, which we can call God and basically having multi, having a multitude of emanations across space and time. And those are what would be considered like aliens, you know, because essentially these different plant, these different solar systems are like stargates the same way that our sun is like a, is a stargate. And the fact that we are emanating light ourselves is very much like little suns, which is a, a tremendous mystery, right? As we discover more and more about the nature of, um, you talk about photons and light and how, like how our DNA emits light and why, and you know, how basically consciousness is this great enigma that we are all sort of puzzled by. And so when I confronted the paranormal, the supernatural realm with ghost hunting in my twenties uh, and having these, like these synchronicities and these experiences with, with shadow people and, um, witchcraft and I mean like just it's just a plethora of experiences that I went through high strangeness you know 666 numbers calling me demonic stuff voices you know weird things and you know people like Alex Jones you know I went on his show talking about it. he's like oh that's the CIA I'm like no Alex this is deeper than CIA because remember there is a there's higher intelligences involved through the emanations. And this is why all the mystical studies, you know, whether it's Kabbalah, whether it's Gnosticism, they always get to this. And so my docu-series recently, The Best Kept Secret, you know, we go to that place of saying, look, is this a prison planet? At one level, yes. At one level, there is an energy feeding that's going on. And it goes to the microcosm, you know, it goes to the microcosm level. What do we all do? We all feed. You know, fundamentally, it's like sitting here cursing a reptilian for feeding on you is like saying, well, yeah, but what do you think you are to the lamb? What do you think you are to the cow? What do you think you are to the plant? What do you think you are to all life that you feed upon as a human being? So why are we here screaming that some other being is feeding upon us? Fundamentally, it's a feeding universe. But that's not to say that this is the end all be all of where we're going, because just like school is feels like a prison when you're there when you're a kid and you don't want to be at school and you have these terms and these conditions and you have to be there a certain time and you're like i want to get to the next level i want to graduate i want to have a have one have freedom and authority but guess what even when you graduate school you you get out of school and you're and you're what you're a taxpayer within a corporate system that's predicated on legal structures that are thousands of years old with you know with ruling oligarchies that literally are connected to these these beings that have, you know, basically been around for, you know, for eons. And it's just, a con- it's a continuous par- uh, pyramid of, of feeding, but there's also an evolutionary process to the comprehension that we, we get to by letting go of the judgment that comes with it's wrong. It's evil. It's bad. If you get past that, Right. And this is why I was curious what you're saying about a lot of the experiencers. Once you get, it's like Willie Stryber. I love his work with the, with the experiencing of the, of the abduction phenomenon. It's like, once you get past that notion of I'm a victim, I've been victimized. What was us? We are trapped here in this prison planet. If we can get past that, we start to get to this place of witnessing and understanding that there is a evolution taking place in consciousness. And I would posit here that we are essentially 
not monkeys, but literally walking reptiles. And that is the Kundalini energy that is spoken of by the ancient traditions that you tap into and feel whenever you activate Kundalini. Some people have very powerful Kundalini activations during sexual experiences or certain, acti- certain activations of the spinal column. And they realize the serpent energy that goes up and down our spinal cords. And we realize, wait a minute, are the serpents the missing link or fundamentally isn't the reptilian brain within us the missing link between this ape man, whatever, you know, Neanderthal being and us as these sort of walking serpents with spinal columns that frankly are more like we're like rocking crocodiles. <laughs> and these, you know, <laughs> sapiens. Now, obviously, I think that there's other other star beings that are seated within us. But I see as very much as the evolution of the reptilian who is essentially evolving from that snake that is crawling on its belly and servile and in fear, which is really where most people are still operating within that servility of of scarcity, uh, fear, control, I have to control my environment to the more evolved star being, which is actually like 2001, where we're actually evolving towards. And I mean, we can get into all this stuff, but like AI is an aspect of this process. But fundamentally, we are evolving to the star man, the galactic human, that is our destiny, that is our evolution. But in that process, we have to assert certain sovereignty of our over ourselves our consciousness and our reality to actually get there otherwise we are not ready like they've some of channelers have talked about unleashing us in the cosmos would be a very dangerous thing at the level of most humans in terms of their consciousness you know i i think uh sean that was a great characterization of what what what's going on um you know, you mentioned Corso, and uh, I had the opportunity to meet with him at the uh, the 50th anniversary of uh, Roswell and uh, got a chance to talk to him about, you know, here you are. You've got this incredible background. Why would you come out with something like what you've done in the day after Roswell and uh, possibly, uh, you know, have uh, issues with your, 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 uh, your, 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 your worldview or your, your, you know, what people will think about you in the future. And he says, you know what? Our grandchildren need to understand that this is going on. This, this, this is real. This is going on. And the other part of this whole thing is the fact, as you said, we're not at the top of the food chain. <laughs> we, we, we are subject to a whole nother level that's happening. And uh, so I, I truly appreciate what you, you just came out with. And uh, thank you. And, uh, Sean, dude, awesome. Absolutely awesome. And something I was just thinking about this is like, it's like the people in government, like you said, that uh, have teamed up with this um, force, whatever it is, these entities, uh, they're kind of like the sheep that have, you know, teamed up with the lions. They're the ones that have kind of sold out their fellow species to kind of not get eaten themselves. But ironically, they're probably just as susceptible, right? And um, they kind of keep this place going. Now to tie what Lester, Dave, you, everybody, it, it seems to be on this level of vibration, just like in our own lives. You can see this with like attracts like. When you start changing your life and you start, like you said, hanging out with better people or you make better changes for yourself, friends that you had kind of fall away uh, because you're no longer at that same vibration. So you attract a different crowd. Now this also can be extrapolated out to the contactee or abduction phenomena uh, in the way that um, I had Kathleen Martin on the show, and she, um, of course, niece of Betty and Barney Hill, 
first abduction case in the U.S., and she was talking about this vibrational element to this, which is very important, and it's that's as above, so below. So if it works out here, of course it would work there because, you know, at a level, you know, there's awesome ideas that say we're all the same damn thing and that these things are just kind of employees of this place that kind of help you evolve and level up. You need the adversity. It's like a play like Dolores Cannon talks about. But to this point, what um, Kathleen and I were talking about was is there could be, just for simplicity's sake, two people standing there. One sees a UFO clear as day right in front of them. The other one does not. They'll both kind of sit there and go, I don't see anything. The other one's like, how can you not see? It's right there. There's been other you know, videos that you see where somebody's attempting to take a picture out of a plane window and they're filming from another camera, them filming themselves, and they're swiping through the filters to get the best picture of these clouds. And in one of the frames, there's a UFO flying right there next to the plane and then they flip off to sepia or something and it's not there anymore so there seems to be this like element that we can see these things or either right in our maybe this is why our visual spectrum is limited because they're right outside of this like dave was talking about about the delta wave thing this may be sort of like a cloaking mechanism cool we'll just make it to where they can only see and hear and experience with these five senses in a real governed way and therefore we could just run them up and do whatever we want also to what Lester was saying about the experiential nature of this is it does seem to be that people who get excited about this, they vibrate at a frequency where they attract an entity that helps them in a way that is beneficial and they look forward to. There's another type of individual that perhaps attracts this situation on the other spectrum. If we want to call it low vibe, fine. You attract low vibe entities and you have a really bad time. And that also, though, has value because every experience has value. You're learning something, you're growing, and you're at least seeing, yeah, that there's more to be experienced here. And the hubris of the government just to tell us that there's nothing going on like that and that we're the top of the food chain and all that stuff is, in my mind, part of the ruse. It's just part of it. Can I well, jump in real I was quick? Add one thing sure, Gavin, Sean, please, David please, sure. Um, no, no, just no. real quick. It's funny you mentioned a situation where two people are experiencing the same thing. I mean, not only have I heard that from others, when I was uh, at Skinwalker Ranch, um, we were there in 2011, camped out like on the perimeter. And I had basically like hopped the fence. And this is with conspiracy theory, Jesse, Jesse Ventura's show, but also Tyrell, his son. And I hopped the fence. And I was kind of like starting to enter the perimeter and just kind of walking down the road. And I felt like this like strange, like almost like a laser weapon or something like tingling, like almost burning sensation in my leg. And I like basically like hauled that back, back over the, you know, over the fence to not, you know, to not uh, create more of a disturbance potentially. Um, and then like basically if, uh, a little bit longer, I think like an hour or two went by. I think we came back. So it was like daylight and then it went dark. And we're basically back out there outside of the perimeter. And I, I'm basically like walking towards the front, the, the fence, and I hear something, almost like a like a rotor or something. Like I was, almost like a motorist. It's like it was a, like a th- it was like a very particular intense sound, and so I just kind of froze, and I'm listening, and it was probably like five or six seconds, maybe ten seconds max, and that's when I turned around, and. I looked at Tyrell and Tyrell Ventura's mouth was wide open. <laughs> he basically was like looking at the sky and he's like, I think I just saw a UFO. And now, you know, that, is that what he, is that what he needed to see? Because I was already at that point pretty open and aware of these things. I have my own other experiences with sighting things. Never like, never like an intense, clear thing, but just actually some of them couldn't government craft like in Beverly Hills, like at two in the morning, like a, a really fast, low, low craft flying right over Beverly Hills could have been government. But um, he literally was like, it looked like a diamond and it turned on its side and it like emitted like a green light, uh, like a jade light. And, and then it basically like disappeared. 
And it was almost like, I guess you could say like a portal or something. Is it a portal in time as some people have talked about, right? Are these like symbols of, 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 of doorways, right? Windows, um, or, or was it, you know, maybe he was temporarily abducted, you know, and maybe he, if he was put in hypnosis, he would recall it. But the point is that we were both there. I heard something, he saw something and, um, we did not share in that experience in that particular case. So. I, I liken these to psychedelic experiences. So if you think about back to what Lester said as well, there's an idea that psilocybin mushrooms is basically a consciousness that's not from here or maybe originally from here. And it basically hijacks your consciousness because what do people, these hippies do that uh, take mushrooms? We all want the planet to be better. We all want the environment for mushrooms to be better. We all want to take care of each other. We're all one, all this idea. And that's an implanted idea you don't really have until you invite on that substance. So to this point as well, think about this as a hijacked consciousness type of a thing with the experience or phenomena as well. They make you think that you should take care of the earth. They make you think that you should, you know, destroy all your nuclear weapons, even though, um, I mean, it, it seems to be that they want this environment to be favorable, which would also kind of lend to the idea that there are future humans coming back in time machines. They don't want us charring the place up and they, they're kind of partial to the pyramid. So they want it to be around in a few thousand years. This idea, um, is, is really personal. And that's what's so interesting about the UFO phenomena anyway, is that it's so damn personal. And this again lends back to the vibrational narrative. I mean, you at a higher level, who knows? It, it, you know, uh, you ask way more questions and have answers for, but that's, you know, that's what things like this lend itself to. It's just extraordinary. That's kind of what I wanted to ask in general of, of all you guys is, is we all know that, you know, we can go out in groups or even on our own, uh, meditate with love as an intention. We can have experiences. We can see stuff in the sky. We can make contact with whatever it is. So, are they risking the government, you know, are they risking this getting out of control? We all know that consciousness is a big part of this. And as we all become to even just um, unintentionally become aware of this phenomena, I mean, we're sort of already there, but there's going to be another level of humanity that starts to, to look into this or realize that it might be, might be real. And if we all start believing in this phenomena, whatever it may be, I mean, is, aren't they risking that it could just get out of control with them? I mean, it seems to be a kind of a complex thing that kind of has its own vibration, mind, whatever it is, some sort of collective, un- collective consciousness to it. Well, I, I think people that, uh, you know, the people, quote unquote, that are in power uh, certainly don't want this to get out of hand because they don't have answers for it. And so, um, you know, it, it's they need to keep a lid on it. You know, people have asked me, have you had the uh, men in black come visit you yet because of what you're doing? And I said, no, because I think what what I'm doing is probably keeping a lid on things and to a certain degree. Uh, and, and that's not an intention that I have. But um, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, what you what you're asking about is, is I think every one of us here, every one of us here has had an experience, whether you consciously understand it or not. And I think everyone in the world, I mean, if you go back to the Roper organization in 92 that uh, produced that uh, survey that Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs uh, uh, asked for and Bigelow paid for it, uh, it said that there were six million people at that time that had experiences and move forward in time. How many more people here in the United States have had experiences? And then this is a worldwide phenomena. So we, we are, this is just part of the process that we're going through. And, and some of us can remember 
and 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 a lot of us don't remember. That's um, what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know if they can keep the lid on it. I mean, I, I, I used to go out looking for UFOs in the mid nineties and, and there wasn't any in Vancouver. We couldn't see, we could never see any. And then Calgary in the last 10 years in, in Canada, I mean, it's, it's ramping up. We see something every time we go out. I mean, I haven't done it for a couple of years now because I have sort of a different, different take on summoning stuff in general. I mean, I, I'm a little more careful now, but, um, but the, this, I think legitimate sightings are ramping up anyway. So how are they going to even keep the lid on it? I mean, if this thing well, just keeps happening. I, I think during the uh, the hearing towards the end, I think it was like the last 10, 15 minutes. And I forget who asked these questions, but they brought up the idea of misinformation with these uh, these encounters. And it, it really it, it, that was something that I think really caught me by ear the most because I'm thinking to myself, I'm driving around my truck and I'm thinking like, Okay, so are, are we talking misinformation as far as other governments and stuff like that? And I'm, th- I'm trying to give them as many passes as possible. And then uh, I forget the guy's name. He, he, he references even civilian. What would be the repercussions of that? They're, they were literally talking about they were basically threatening the public uh, and basically saying you stay in line. Don't say certain things or else you might be subject to repercussions. And I think that's the path that they're going to start. You're going to start seeing them migrate to moving forward, which is, yeah, this stuff is real, but we're going to, we're going to control the narrative. And if it doesn't line up with what we say, it's misinformation and there could be repercussions for that, whether you're civilian or a foreign adversary. And I think that's way that, where they're going with controlling this narrative. I, agree. Well, I, um, I just want to say that. Uh, I think this is the age that we're entering. Uh, all is going to be exposed. Truth is going to come out and they're going to do whatever they can to control it. And I don't think they can. And maybe I'm just a, uh, you know, the half is the cup is half full type of guy. But I just think more and more and more. I mean, we just sometimes, you know, these guys have had a nice run. These these elites. Because there was never, ever a permanent record. And even if you don't want to believe what a lot of us are saying all the time, it plants a little seed. And more and more information comes out. And more and more dots start getting connected. And I just think you can only control it for so long. And the truth is, and we we just talked about that today on my show. If they had their way, man, if they really were as powerful as they said they were, they, we'd all be in the gulag right now. They, we would all be like taken and thrown in and shut up. And they, I, I think for the longest time, they were so able to control us that these, these things that they're, okay, like, look, let's take a look at monkeypox. And like, they're blaming on gay guys get, like, it's like the same playbook of, as AIDS. Like, it's the exact same playbook. Two dudes getting weird at a festival. Suddenly now it's like, oh, we got to lock it. Now you got to take the. It's the same playbook. And we know that playbook. We know it. We know you lied to us about AZT. We know the playbook. So it's like, they're not that creative, man. And they tried to wheel out Henry Kissinger and Dick Cheney because they were able to work magic back before the internet. Well, guess what? We all know what a scumbag Henry Kissinger is and no one's going to listen to him. There's a bush right now in Texas learning that his name is dog shit. Excuse my language oh. for anyone's not enjoying it, but he's learning it. There is a permanent record right now of what they did. And 
So I think more and more stuff's going to come out, and maybe they are going to try to do some repercussions. But I think that is their, like, it is the shadow in the cave. Oh, there's a monster. Well, reality, they got no power, man. I really do believe they have very little power. What we see on the internet, cops coming down and just, oh, oh, now we, oh, my God, the WEF's got their own police force. Oh, you know, it's like, man, you want to come over here and get curb stopped? Come get some. That's fine, dude. We'll send blue, blue helmets back home in body bags if it's got to be. But that's what they want you to think, man. And I think it, the truth of the matter is, is like, we're like they've been talking about forever. We're entering an age of Aquarius. All is being exposed. And it's just like, for me, it's like, I don't know what's real. All I know is when pieces of the jigsaw puzzle just click real easy, things start to make sense. To you me. know, uh, Sam, I thank you for that because the bottom line is people like that are here in this group tonight are doing such critical work to put out what what needs to be put out there to the public um and we've never had this capability before you know uh, before the internet and 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 podcasts now Uh, this this is so remarkable and one of the things that has come up recently um with regard to experiencers um that's part of all of this is the fact that these people have some unique abilities uh whether it's telepathic uh uh, psychic abilities, uh, uh, remote viewing abilities. These these people become this group that's over here versus this other group that doesn't have those capabilities. And could that be a threat to the to the to the public in general, which could be a, a real factor? And there's been some rumblings about that, really low at this point. But uh, I think it could could become more significant in the future. But uh, again, I, I thank all of you guys for what you're doing and uh, getting the word out. So thanks. I got a question uh, that was brought up by several people tonight. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm the question guy. I ask people questions. So um, with these experiencers that are going through these different experiences, I've never had an abduction that I know of that I've, of an abduction. Um and a lot of guys tonight have mentioned about uh, the the enlightenment, like through these experiences, the, there's the fear, then you, then there's the comfortability. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of these people feel enlightened, like they, they, we want to preserve the, the earth and things like that. If that is a result of these experiences and the people going through these experiences initially seemingly don't have a choice or say in the matter, they, they are thrust into these experiences uh, what, what is, what in your, in your thoughts and stuff, uh, what would be the reasoning for these, whatever they are, whether they're future us or extraterrestrials or whatever, interdimensional, not abducting all the world leaders and giving them a mental rehab, you know, and, and, and just, and just fixing things through the people who are in charge so that when they come back, they're like, peace be with you. We love you. And we just want to plant some trees. Let's all do it. Together. All the, all the Democrats have been uh, abducted. <laughs> You're saying probe Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I'm for so, that. You know, it, it's not uh, impossible to believe that that's something like that has, has occurred that these people, and there's been stories about people within governmental 
organizations that have had experiences, but they've been afraid to come out with what they're what you know what they've had. I mean, you know, Lou Elizondo talks about the fact that there's people within the government that are totally against you know, uh, you know, born again Christians, if you will, or or what have you, that have really strong feelings against uh, any of, of of this talk of uh, aliens and, and things of that nature. Uh, but there are people in the groups in in the government governmental groups that uh, feel positive about that, and so it's it's not impossible. Uh, unfortunately, Putin hasn't got the word yet, or they haven't abducted him yet, because you know what he's doing right now is horrific. And uh, so, the only thing I can possibly uh, hope for is the fact that somehow, some some way, somebody gets to him, whether they knock him off or uh, enlighten him, <laughs> one or the other. Do you guys mind if I jump in here? By the way, so um, yeah, no, I'm just coming in a little late. Uh, my name's Ryan Bledsoe. I have my own show, uh, Bledsoe Said So. Sam invited me in. You guys were talking UFOs. Um, to your question about like the experiencers and things of that nature, this might come as a shock to anybody who's not aware, but I am one of those experiencers. Uh, quick duck, duck, go search. You can find out about my family. My father's a guy by the name of Chris Bledsoe. Uh, oh, essentially, yeah. just to run through that um, without getting in all the details, I've basically been studied by NASA and the CIA since I was like 14. And um, I can tell you back to the psychic question, um, my dad has and is currently um, has been studied by the group that the film The Men Who Stare at Goats is based on, um, you know, like George Clooney and um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi actor, Ewan McGregor. And um, anyway, so Lieutenant Colonel John Alexander of Project Stargate and jo uh, Joe McMonagall, who was uh, pretty famous for heading up the Monroe Institute, they've actually been involved with my family because of my dad's psychic abilities following his initial encounters. Um, and, you know, to the point of like, why don't they abduct world leaders or what have you? Uh, long story, incredibly long story, but I have personally met uh, through my life and my strange experiences, I've personally met uh, very high-level officers of the CIA, as well as my dad has personally met um, folks like Lou Elizondo, who has publicly talked about my family and the experiences we have, et cetera, et cetera. And I would say to the point of the um, psychic experiences following phenomenon interaction, it's, an, it's totally true. It's 100% true. And in my lifetime of experience with this phenomenon and knowing other people who have experienced it as well, um, I would tend to believe that these beings are very benevolent and it's some strange, some strange things, some strange ability they have that when you see these lights in the sky or you see them up close, they tend to awaken your psychic perception. And um, to the point earlier, I didn't know if I could just like jump in or whatever, but to the point earlier about like the military and the government being terrified of them or not in line with them or whatever, absolutely true in my experience. Everything indicated to me. Um, by high-level CIA officers, they're terrified of this phenomenon, absolutely terrified, uh, because it doesn't play ball with them. It, it, it doesn't like that they have these power-hungry motives for humanity. And, um, you know, point blank, I can tell you from my life's experience with photos, with email receipts, with paper trail proof that I have been interacting with very high-level members of the CIA who are very interested in making sure that the narrative is controlled in the public and um they do not like people like us going forward with this knowledge and i say that's more reason to do it so 
<laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I met your father and uh, at a UFO conference and I gave him some information on our organization. And uh, I know it's all about his story. And so thank you for sharing that with us tonight. What, what was your first name? Uh, Ryan. And thank you for having me. I know oh, I came in late. Thanks, Ryan. Well, Ryan, maybe you can shed some light. Like oh, they've been abducting people for hundreds of years at this point, but recently, you know, the past sixty years, collecting Much DNA. Longer. Yeah, yeah, but just recent, recent modern times, uh, collecting DNA and and uh, samples and interacting with us. Like, how much DNA do they really need at this point? Like, I, I mean, that's a legitimate question. Haven't they collected enough? You know, honestly, this is going to sound maybe off color. It's going to sound out of left field, but I don't know. In my experience, there's been no DNA collected, and I personally don't know that they really are. I'm not saying they're not, but, you know, it's just to, to me, it always comes back to check the source. Are we hearing this from, you know, thousands and millions of experiencers on the Internet like me, real life people like me who've gone forward and are just dying to talk about their traumatic experiences? Or are we hearing it from like conspiratorial articles? You know, I honestly don't know. I don't research that stuff. I, I, I just don't know. I don't even know that they're collecting DNA. In my experience, they were made of light. They were made of energy. And an entity walked up, touched me on the ribs, and it turned invisible. It disappeared. And when it touched me, I felt electricity, you know? So, like, I, I just can't comment on things I don't know about. One, one of the things, uh, and, and thank you, Ryan, for that. I, I think that we, you know, we're dealing with multiple entities, whether they're extraterrestrials, uh, interdimensionals, time travelers, or the military, what have you. Uh, the bottom line on all of this is that it's almost like a school and that they come down and they say, okay, we have a new class today. And so this is how you abduct someone. Uh, this is what you do. You take their 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 blood. You take their semen, their their eggs, uh, things of that nature, and then you know that class graduates, and then there's a whole new class that comes down. Again, we're not at the top of the food chain. This this phenomena is just incredible. It's just multiple layers on multiple layers of things that are occurring, and so it's it's very difficult to just say point blank. Well, why do they not? You know, if they've got one sample, then they're they're fine. Well, the bottom line is they're not fine, <laughs> and that they they continue to teach, they continue to do what we do here, at, you know, at colleges and, and things of that nature. I um, if you're asking me, my belief is based on all the podcasts I've ever done, is that all every movie ever made is all going on at the same time. That wherever we live right now. Okay, it's very special for whatever reason. I do not know. And that might be above my brain class, meaning these these suits that we wear, these meat suits are kind of like those fat sumo suits that everyone wears at a party and then they jump around, they bounce, but they can only do so much. That's kind of what I believe these suits are. And we're not supposed to know everything and understand all things purposefully because we're on a journey right now in order to learn some lessons. So what I really do believe where we live is like the battle Royal at WrestleMania where everybody comes down to bang dog, just come down to, you know, ant man, you know, a Bigfoot dog, man, bam, bam, bam. They all, the, the, the you know, the grays, everybody comes here to mix it up and to get an experience of this. And, 
whether we are the cattle here or we're different entities here or whatever our role is, I do not know all of it. I just know that wherever we live, it's very special and we're very special. So when everybody here has a different version of what may be going on, guess what? You're all probably right because there isn't one thing going on. There's a bunch of different mm-hmm. things going on and different parts of this realm that we live in have different energies and different situations. Like that's why there are so many different deities and all that stuff. And so I think it's super interesting where we live. So it could be light. They could be aliens. They could be grays. They could be Bigfoots. They could be everything. You know, it just like to sit there and, you know, it's almost like, you know, religion is kind of like there was a car crash. And there was a bunch of people saw the car crash and everybody has their own version of what happened in the car crash. But they all saw a car crash and they all have their version of it through their lens of the prism of their life and how they see the world. So I think all things are possible. Amen, brother. (laughs) That's good. I like that. And If I can just jump in for a second. So I think part of part of the uh, amusement to me is that, you know, I don't know. Someone was mentioning like, oh, Putin is evil. Well, spouting that kind of stuff is clearly not understanding the the nature of what the game is, because the game that's been run for thousands of years is about perpetuating perceptions based on this notion of duality and the idea of, oh, the evil boogeyman, they're over there, focus over there. And not even, and, and now we're coming to this moment, thank God, that we actually are starting to recognize the deep state machinations. Most of us, I think, are. But in order to actually assume the true sovereignty, as I I said earlier, of the evolutionary process, then you have to start to recognize that the manipulation game of the mind, of the news media, of the power politics, of the geopolitics, right? If you're not catching on to that game and how they're using, you know, perception to uh, orient people in different directions in terms of there's the bad guy, look over there, focus out there, focus externally, you're not going to actually make that transition which is fundamentally our ascension through our inner work right to not get fixated on the game out there but to recognize how much we've been manipulated for thousands of years to play to feed our to give our energy to these structures to give it basically to to surrender the godhood that each of us is an expression of the fact that each one of us is a manifestation of creation itself And so recognizing that even like, you know, even in the work that I did with Best Kept Secret, I mentioned earlier, you know, talking about the the prison planet in a way and the energy feeding that goes on. But how are we actually a part of that ourselves? Right. So that we can ultimately get to that place of unity consciousness to see ourselves in the dark, to see ourselves in the enemy, to see ourselves kind of actually, which is interesting, why consciousness is always reflected to us especially through cinema and and uh, collective consciousness and movies and whatnot just watching the doctor strange multiverse film last night was fascinating because the moral of the story is the enemy is strange <laughs> dr strange is both the good guy and the bad guy and the witch is the love you know how do you say the the the, the female power of you know of great beauty and motherhood is also the demon you know mother earth is gaia and medea right so it's really important to get to really, 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 really keep emphasizing this point about moving beyond this whole 
duality game that's been perpetuated by the deep state, by the New World Order agenda to subvert your power, to get you to surrender your power to their authority, to say, oh, I stand with this. I stand with Ukraine against that. Yeah. You know, to the place where, no, we need to be starting to laugh at all of these people that have been manipulating and, and influencing us in ways that are inauthentic to our own selves, our own reality, right? Our own truths. I have something for that. I have something for that. Since you mentioned that, Sean, um, I was contacted by someone on Starlink from apparently Davos, and they are going to be joining us right now from, um, well, I think from Davos, checking in to give us the lowdown on what the plans are for the future. So let's see if he's connected in or not. Hello. Everybody. Hello. Go ahead. Hello, my slaves. Can you hear us? This? We can hear you. <laughs> okay, I'm coming. I'm, uh, the video is making start video. Okay. Yes, I'm at Davos right now. As you can see, I'm in the place with the best Wi-Fi. This is the uh, blackmail room. And uh, it's very important to drive the UFO. I hear you need credibility of the subject of the UFO. So I am here in the blackmail room, the sex dungeon. I have to go very soon. I don't have a lot of time. When Christine Lagarde shows up, I have to go because in her rider, she says that she needs green M&Ms in her, in her green room and she needs to have uh, lickings. And so I have made schedulings of this. But I will say this, and I don't want to be like rude or anything like this, but it's like going down on paper mache. I have like flakes in my... When she uses abacus, when I make lickings of her, Christine Lagarde, on every force licking, then she makes the Verschmunken. And so, like, it's one thing to be, like, into numerology, and it's another thing to be, like, schizophrenic. But, like, she analog with the abacus, counting my lickings. It's very... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Klaus Schwab Jr. has made an appearance <clears throat> as usual. Thank so, you, Klaus. I drove to Davos on UFO um, because everyone is like, you need green energy, green energy. But we are between a rock and a hard place here. We are have a quetch, catch 22, catch science fancy for you. Catch 22 because I fly on in UFO. Everyone flies in in UFO to Davos. Um, but uh, we fly in. But then like sometimes we need sabat clogs. And then we insert them, and then the seagull thinks that the butt plug is like anchovy. And then, so there's been a lot of seagull deaths here at Davos in Switzerland. So, you know, you try to solve one problem, and then another comes up. So, any questions? <laughs> Man, what's up with your police force? Why does your dad have a police force, dude? Yes, well, um, the best way to fly the UFO is when you have, like, reptilian brain, like reptilian brain. So we beat the population. We make beatings on them, beatings, but this is for their own good. So oh, when, they, okay. when they have the fight or flight brains, then they <laughs> yeah. can. We will make trainings on the population when they are ready for this. 
Okay, one question. Uh, do you ever go to New Schwabenland in Antarctica? And, like, how come I can't find it on Zillow? I keep looking up for property <laughs> in Antarctica, and I, it won't come up on Zillow, and I'm looking to <laughs> buy some land, and it doesn't come up on Zillow. Oh, yes. We make blockings of information that is not convenient for us. Before, we used to make book burnings, but now we just shadow bans the Internet. It's so Everyone is just a slob in front of their screen. It's very easy for us to just block information from, I mean, <laughs> we have a lot of scams. This is uh, not the most complicated one. Um, I want to make plugging spots where I'm in Davos. You can buy adrenochrome from me if you see me. This is like 20,000 euros, so very reasonable. <laughs> On like uh, all the politicians there, people are starving when they come here on the private jet or the UFO. And then like they all leave with like three cases of this, which is great for us. <laughs> so I, I had restraining order against Hunter Biden, but I have reinstated our friendship after the slush fund he created in the Ukraine. $40 billion for us. This is great for us to gather, you know, in war times, you know, you gather as a... Uh, refugee for the adrenochrome or you can get you know just make the slash fund for the crack i think uh it's down to 12 billion euros thank you for putting this in the pocket of hunter biden but uh you know he's an independent contractor you know this is the game we play here i'm sorry i i, I couldn't control it i knew he was coming <laughs> thank he you. parachuted in to beat <laughs> Klaus Schwab Jr., everybody. Eric, where are you going to be? Um, so tomorrow I'm making... So uh, there's some numerology, some different things. Um, May 24th, uh, 2022, Maros will enter Aries. And the Dracos are making blackmail in Maros. Right? So Aries is the fourth zodiac sign on Mars is the fourth planet from the sun for you. So the four and four, we will make the magic eight ritual and we will have 12 toilets lined up and everyone will make turns making shiza and suckings and then the one and two is the 33 and then the, so we have the best experts at Davos, and uh, very soon the population will be the population will be two billion in twenty thirty. You're welcome. We are the best people to make this. <laughs> Goodbye for now. Holy wow. shit! That, that was, was great. great. That was great. That was great. Oh, That's it's... important. And he left. Dude, I wanted I wanted to get back to Sean's thing about how deep this goes, and now it just seems inappropriate. Like, how do you follow that? Uh, go, I'll, dude. You want? I'll me give to it a go anyway. It, Let's do this. So, one of my favorite things actually is Sam's um, analogy about this place being a haunted house, and I think about this quite a bit. I think about that we are actually the very powerful ones here, and I think that these lizard turds, this whatever you want to call it, is part of us, and that they're like employees here. This is sort of a Hogwarts of sort, and we're in training. But again, you need this opposition. You need a hero and a villain to be. In this participatory universe, you, in this place, this seems to be the way that this operates. And so the way that, to Sam's analogy, uh, why I love it so much is because it it goes to kind of like why they do predictive programming. So if they're constantly telling you things that they want to occur, they're not prepping you for it. They're 
having you create it. So whenever you think about this with like, you know, Operation Mockingbird with all of the propaganda, 90% of the population, let's say, you know, high number is sitting there and we're all manifesting all the time. If you go with that theory, then they're all unconsciously doing it. So therefore, they're just open vessels for this stuff to be created. So whenever I see things come out like this disclosure and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, well, they're hacking our consciousness or the con- not our consciousness, but the consciousness of the masses to create this, you know, Klaus Schwab wet dream that they want. And it's up to us, I think, to grow the discernment here to figure that out and just to not. And so back to also what Sean was saying, Dave and I do a series together called Generation Reality. We're kind of combining the two empires and it's been one of the coolest damn things I've ever been a part of. And to that, what we talk about a lot on there is this idea of this fractal universe, you know, which uh, Michael Talbot wrote about in the holographic universe. He says, you know, in the very beginning, bones work. When you cut a holograph and a bunch of different pieces to what Dave said earlier about the skin, it has a containment of the entire image is contained in any way that you cut that, just the way holograms are made. CIA comes out with papers talking about and, you know, who knows about the validity of that, that this is a holographic universe. So back to what you said, if all of the things here are just haunted house type things that can scare you, but you have full autonomy. And when you realize that, then you look at things like what they're doing in, again, with this predictive programming, with all this stuff, everything out there is the things yelling at you for your attention. If you go inward this is where the fractals begin. And I've had this, you know, we talk about like the Matryoshka doll idea, or I've had an example to where like, if you walk outside at night and you're looking up at a star, perhaps what you're looking at, if you follow this, is the submolecular particle of yourself just standing on the ground somewhere in your front yard, looking back at its back of its own head. So whenever you turn inward and you get this spiral fractal going this way, that's where the true knowledge and power changes. I've figured out in my life that when I change me, the world around me mirrored back to me in a way that was very much reflective of the changes that I desired. And if you take this model that things out there yelling at you to create the world in which they want, they're, they're urging you to look out there, out there. Stop looking at yourself. Be distracted by TV, the Real Housewives of whatever, the new Budweiser, whatever neg, you want. Neg entropy instead of entropy. You've got it. It's, and this, I think, is, is there's something huge to this because it applies again all of these models. Like we said, vibrationally, spiritually, it ties all of this in. But the good news about this is, is your Klaus anal Schwabs, they're just part of this experience. They're, they're here to motivate change. And it is theater, but it motivates thespians. change. Yeah. Yeah. You said thespians. The presidents are a family of thespians. That's why they're all related exactly and this is what's so crazy is you look at these templates like you said with the monkey pox i mean they're not even swapping it out for a platypus you know two dudes get freaky with a platypus like you could swap the animal out it's still a monkey you know what i mean so it's just these repeating cycles and again it seems like the more i look at it like this and again sam i credit you for this analogy because it's brilliant that things here just want to scare you and but you have to it's a vampire model again as above so below you've got to invite it in no one's going to hold you down in this model and stick something in your arm that you don't want you have to invite it in manifest the whole point exactly and so and that's the thing we are the powerful ones here we're the ones that can create they can't they're the whisper in your ear there are academic papers, literally, and this is, this is not new stuff, on how human DNA within certain environments can be manipulated using literally what's called remote intention. So in other words, imagination, the thing that we've been told our whole lives cannot be, you know, when you focus on something the same way studies have been done that when you talk to a plant, it tends to blossom a little bit better than if you didn't. Same idea. There seems to be something there. Now, again, the, the reason I say within certain conditions is because I'm of the, and I could be very wrong, but I'm of the humble opinion to Brandon's point that we are currently in a um, 
sort of like a, a, a what I call a beautiful shit show of frequencies all over the place. It's uh, it's all scrambled, but there are ways to organize it. But we are not being given the and I'm not trying to say that, you know, again, we're being I'm not trying to fall in this hole. You know, we got to feel bad for ourselves. But I think something, whether nuts and bolts or otherwise, has been either um I don't want to say removed, but perhaps scalped or something like this that does not allow us to under understand this. And I think speaking to Brandon, it's the religious institutions more so than the religions themselves yes, that seem dude. to speak about, again, med- meditating, um, uh, you know, focusing outwards. I mean, for example, there was a scientist in the 70s, I believe, who took simply an EMF device and uh, basically went to the Vatican when, you know, the Pope was out there doing a big prayer and his uh, his thing went off the charts because again whether you want to call it prayer meditation focus chi prana you name it there's something within us that speaks to the concept of what you know zero point energy spirituality whatever you want to call it and i think it i I may be wrong i think it has to do with entropy and neg entropy relative to the spirals because entropy in science is quote-unquote chaos within a particular vicinity i don't think it's chaos i think it's just an order that we're not used to yet just like how salvatore pays the ufo <laughs> navy patent guy said on kurt jay mungle's theory of everything he goes kurt this is not new physics it is a new perspective on old physics same idea so i think there's something that's been right under our noses that has been missing a missing variable if you will but what, yeah. how much does the Vatican play? So you mentioned the Vatican. How much does the Vatican play a role in this and of subverting us and in and, and, and oh, holding information? Huge, huge. My opinion, huge. I actually, massive. I have a little bit of insight on that. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you Please, off. Please, yeah, sure. no, let's talk about. There was that. a restructuring in the fifties, by the way. Uh, interestingly, around the time allegedly of the Griotta Treaty, you saw a paradigm restructuring of the Vatican, uh, certain religious hierarchies and political institutions, almost as if, again, maybe I'm wrong here. We, we as a species kind of got knocked on the head and our leaders said, oh, shit, we got to sort of realign stuff now because of what we just recently learned. But well, maybe I'm wrong. The first people to come out to admit that it wouldn't defy God or the existence of a religion. There's in particular if aliens were found. They were the first religion to come right. out and say that. So that's yeah. Give yeah. Us, still give us your money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I got something to say after Ryan. Go on. Yeah. yeah, well, before I move on to the Vatican thing, I just want to say all that was super brilliant about like the spiraling consciousness and the fractal reality. I personally think that's entirely true. And for anybody who's interested in occult symbolism, we have two of the most famous occult symbols of all time that everybody will recognize, the cross and the five-pointed star. You ask somebody who studied the Greek and the Egyptian mystery systems, what is the cross? It's symbolic of us being in the crossing place between spirit and matter. You are a hybrid entity, half divine, half physical, half flesh. That's what we're here to do in this realm. We are in the crossing place between higher and lower realms. Secondly, the five-pointed star. If you break down the math, because remember, symbolism all comes from Greeks and Egyptians, sacred geometry. You break down the math of the five-pointed star, actually you can find perfect mathematic ratios of infinity spirals hidden within the uh, the lines of the five-pointed star. And you ask an initiate, or somebody who's highly trained in Egyptian and Greek mysteries, they'll tell you that the five-pointed star pointing up represents consciousness eternally spiraling higher towards source. Anyway, I just had to say that. It's like can a I, nerd moment. Can I add to that real quick? I, I just sure, wanted to add to sure. So w- what we have in mathematics, I'm, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the Fibonacci sequence, right? And so That's in, in the star. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Now, there's something called the Damn. Trib- there, Right. There's something called the Tribonacci sequence. Now, this is what's interesting. Mm. Whether in mathematics or in geometry, the Tribonacci sequence, by 
definition is harder to produce than it is to prove. That speaks to mm. me that there's some type of topological inversion occurring uh, in, within whatever we're in right now. And there are academic papers that show that, again, presuming that those tests in the laboratories are accurate in all of this and we're not being you know, lied to, that there is, again, Luc Montagnier's DNA teleportation and how that got hushed up real quick and, and all that kind of stuff. There's something there pertaining to, in my humble opinion, plasma. Um, again, not trying to be overly vague, but what's called zero point energy and again this this concept of the serpent and or the naga sort of the the orabora speaking to a type of ebb and flow fluctuation within the what's called empty space which i don't think is really empty in my opinion but yeah yeah i mean like everything we're talking about right now is a, is is energy and spirituality and you know when you talk about how certain kind of uh, certain kind of thoughts can manipulate DNA, I think that's along the lines of what you were talking about, Dave. That totally makes sense to me because if you talk, we're all energy. Everything is energy. Higher frequency, lower frequency. The low, lower the frequency, the more dense the matter, and all that stuff. And when you get into when you really start to study this realm that we live in and how important and special it is, it really gets down to we're all here on a journey. And, you know, somebody talked about the game. Sean talked about the game earlier and understand like that to me is everything. What is the game and how do you figure out the game? And those who can't figure out the game get stuck in a certain level, right? It's all video games, man. It's all video games, man. Some people are born into some crazy positions, some crazy places. They chose to be born there and they can't figure out the game. They want to change the game. No, that's not how you do it. You change yourself and you look inside. Everything is energy. Everything. So when bad things happen to good people, there is, this is their journey, man. And it sounds like super dark, but it's the best way for me to come to grips with why do bad things happen to children? Why? Because they were on a journey here to learn a lesson. And, it, you know, I just did a great show with Santo Spinacci and he talked about when pain and suffering happens to like kids and how do we deal with it? It's like those kids go straight to the highest level after that. They go, it's this pain and this suffering you go through to get to a higher level of a consciousness and understanding. And I, I, not that I'm okay with it or I accept it, but it's kind of makes me wonder and understand how the whole system works. So I study, I, I saw a movie over the weekend. I think it's called everything everywhere all at once. And it's about, the multiverse, and I've learned so much. I mean, I it crystallizes a lot of things that I have always believed, you know, coming from recovery and, you know, about having to go through a lot of pain and suffering to get to the light. And, like, they were, they were trying to level up their, their characters in these, in these dimensions. And, they, and I'm not going to give too much away because I want you all to see, but they would have to do something really crazy and go through something can almost I, I, painful. So to, sorry. To le- yeah. Hold on. Let me just real quick. Le- to to le- levitate, to to elevate to a higher consciousness of themselves. And the final thing I want to say is, at the end of the ta- at the end of the movie, you find find out there's infinite versions of you, and every there's the greatest version of you and the worst version of you. And guess what? All of those versions are inside you. You just have to fucking want to bring that out and be that person you have to go through it trust me you gotta see the movie there's no spoiler to sam's point to sam's point i'm so sorry then i got to um 
I got, I got to, I got to take off, but thank you guys so much. It's like, for example, say you pop in, let's just say for, for, you know, throw away the concept of birth and all of that. Let's just say you pop into existence and let's just say out of nowhere, you pop into existence and you're plopped into a, you know, a, a party on earth. How do you know you're having a good time at that party? If you know, if you've never had a bad one, your brain doesn't have anything to compare it to. It's like trying to explain water to a baby who is just born. They don't know the color. They don't know that it's the same idea. In my humble opinion, there needs this speaks to what Sean was saying about duality. There needs to be a focal point to compare it to whether you're, we're aware of it or not. It's the same idea. So when people say, oh, you know, I took DMT and I saw shapes that I can't explain. Of course, you can't explain them. There's no pillar or focal point here when you get back to this reality to relate it to. It's the same, in my humble opinion, it's that same idea. It's like uh, seeing colors on a spectrum that you can't explain. Exact same idea. How do you explain blue to someone who's never seen blue? How? It's the same thing. Well, it looks blue. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't help it. You know, same idea. So thank you guys so much. Thanks, thank Dave. Dave. Amazing. Yeah, I would highly recommend you guys checking out. I just had him on my show. He's one of the most fascinating guys I've ever talked to. Uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Millerman. He he talks about he's kind of a, a political philosopher, and he he focuses on Alexander Dugan. He's translated his work and uh, Leo Strauss and Heidegger. But his he's very interesting. Uh, he has very interesting takes on mystics, and it's the first time I've heard it discussed. Where it's like very fascinating and kind of I don't know how it's connected, but I all these things have to be connected in some way or another. When you look at like his uh, just perspective on mystics and, and how there's um, it, it kind of all relates to this idea that they're all that nature and the universe, everything has a intelligence or a consciousness that's all connected. And when you think about, you know, mystics and, and Millerman's take on mystics. And then when you look at things like Rupert Sheldrick and this idea of, you know, his experiments of how you, a mouse can learn a maze in one place. And because we're all connected in one way or another that we can't really understand mice in another place, learn the same maze uh, faster, e- even though they, they're in different locations and never met or anything like that. Um, the, and then you look at like, I, I think there's even maybe even a connection to Dr. Tom Cowan, who, who and his whole interpretation or or uh, theory on water and water having some type of intelligence because if everything's connected, it, you know, water obviously is a big part of uh, what makes up everything. So it, it's uh, you know it, it's interesting. I don't know how, but I, I I swear we're we're close to putting these pieces together and connecting all these things. And I think alone they seem like a lot of these theories seem a little hard to understand or believe. But then when you start seeing all these theories and how they have a lot in common, right? And they they seem to be connected in one way or another. I'm not sure how, but they seem to be connected and they seem to almost reinforce each other in, in one way or another. Yeah. Not sure. You know, oh, sorry. That's, go that's ahead. Great, great stuff, Ricky. And, and one of the things that I've always uh, thought about is the fact that why am I here now in this place uh, versus being some malnutritious, you know, nutritioned uh, uh, being in South Africa or in Africa somewhere? You know, what is this particular um, uh, realization that's going on with me uh, and y- you all? Why are you here now? Why? What is the purpose of what we're doing here? And uh those are the kind of things that just blow my mind because, you know, I, I feel so lucky to have been born 
where I where I have been born and versus other places in the world which are much more negative. And uh, so <laughs> those are the kind of things uh, that, uh, you know, really uh, make you wonder uh, as to what in the world, why, what's the purpose? What, what are, what's our mission, folks? What's our mission? One of my favorite thoughts on that uh, came to me by a guest I had on named Heather Thomas, and she talked about the the idea that if time doesn't exist and we're all one in the unity consciousness thing, then all this has happened before. And if you follow all of that, then uh, the answer to your question, Lester, is because this is your favorite one. And it's it's one of my favorite things uh, to think about in that way, because no matter what challenges are here, no matter what adversities, this is your favorite movie. It's your go-to play. It's your favorite lifetime to experience. And that could be one possible answer for why your consciousness is focused into this lifetime, uh, this experience right now. To a greater one, it would be that there's a lot of big things happening and a big change here and you signed up, another idea. And uh, the reason you're here now is because podcasts exist, because you, you know the Unwanted is here to have this kind of conversation and to connect in a greater way than we ever have before. So there's a lot of, lot of answers to that, man. I love them all. <laughs> I don't want to change the subject too much, but back to the Vatican thing. Someone had asked if there was like any sort of knowledge or, or ex, you know, experience on the Vatican and the UFO subject. Well, my my dad um, got involved with some scholars who were interested in his you know life's experiences and the phenomenon that was interacting with us on our property, and he got in contact with some people. Well, actually, they got in contact with us people in the CIA, because they would come knocking and calling and emailing, et cetera, et cetera. Because by 2008, you know, we were on TV on the Discovery Channel. Um, long story there. So anyway, fast forward, get to talking to some um, CIA and uh, NRO and NASA. Actually, all three of those roles was one person combined. It was a man by the name of Timothy Taylor. My father linked him up with a very well-known uh, UFO researcher named Diana walsh Pasolka, who wrote a groundbreaking UFO book called American Cosmic. My family's in the book. My father's in the book. We are blurred. We're not named. Um, anyway, so they actually, in conjunction with that book, they went to the Vatican through the secret archives, did some research on the UFO subject as it pertains to manuscripts of the Bible, and were able to discover that in the Old and in cases of the New Testament, whenever they were referring to, um, say, angels flying on a cloud, explicitly the word used in the translation of the Bible was altered in the actual secret Vatican archives manuscript. And they were not referring to weather phenomenon. The original word in the ancient Aramaic and Greek manuscripts was something to the effect of Ophanim, which is what they believed in the Vatican hierarchy of angels to be a race of celestial beings that is a chariot for the gods. So there's actually this kind of underground Vatican research going on um, as we speak uh, as far as the UFO subject is concerned. And I will say that the Pope had sent word to our family that he was aware of our circumstances through the researchers, the CIA official, and some um, other anonymous Jesuit scholars. And they actually, the professor herself, um, Diana, had shown me some other older manuscripts where they've been writing about beings of light for thousands of years, hundreds of years easy, and hiding them in the secret Vatican archive. So I would say, you know, just life experience alone, you could take it to the bank or not, doesn't matter. But I am here to say that I know because of the experiences that I've had, that the Vatican actually very well knows 
intimately about the phenomenon that we're dealing with and they have altered manuscripts to change the story so that we don't understand the phenomenon that was being written about like for example saint francis of assisi that's another case you see where the vatican is hiding the details on it being actual being of light phenomenon and there's other ones ryan but, were you tyler durden in that book america cosmic is that no your tyler Dur tyler durden is the guy that i just mentioned by the name of timothy taylor okay my father okay. My father, if you've read the book, I personally have not read it. Yep. If you've read the book and it tells the uh, stories of her experience, her friend from North Carolina who remote views Bigfoot on Mars and things like that, that is my dad. Yes. I, yeah. A phenomenal book. Great reference. Uh, I love her uh, point about hierophanies. I learned that word from that book, which is a hierophany is just a place revered on Earth that allegedly gods came and landed, right? So in our world, yeah. Roswell is like a hierophany. And this lends the idea, you know, Diana Pasolka brings up a great point that it's kind of a new religion, you know, in a way, uh, which is just really, really interesting. Awesome, Ryan. Badass, Before dude. Yeah. There, Thank you. Before I'm, going I'm going to ask, oh, I was just going to ask, in terms of that book, is who is James in the book? Uh, I don't know if I should say, but why not? It's a man by the name of Gary Nolan. He's uh, a, uh, I believe, I can't remember what university he's a professor of. I think it's Stanford. I don't know. I've never met him. I've only, we've interacted like once on Twitter, but yeah. He's Stanford a, University. Yeah. Stanford, Stanford University. University. Yep. Man yeah, by the name I've of Gary Nolan. Him. He's very active on Twitter. He's pretty much out with his identity now. And um, I will say one more thing about this. And I was actually, the if you pay attention to Gary Nolan and his research on the Cote Butamin, being um, like this part of the brain that is enlarged yeah. that they believe mm -hmm. might be responsible for psychic perception. Well, that was the kind of conversations we were having two years before that was ever public, um, that particular piece of information. And they have this group that they call the Invisible College or the Invisibles, and they're these elite, like secret society. By the way, again, from my personal experience, from meeting these people face-to-face, -face, they are very intimately involved with occult knowledge, ritual occult practices, Eastern mystical practices, which I admittedly am into as well, not the ritual stuff. But um, and I, I'm just here to say and blow the whistle that the people in the CIA in the Vatican are very intimately enmeshed and entangled with the occult, which, you know, to mainstream, that's that's not a thing. People don't people don't reconcile those two do groupings. But it is a fact. It is a fact that the CIA is involved with the occult black magic, psi effects, things of that nature. And um, yeah, so it's super interesting stuff. And she told me in her office that they would do rituals um, at equinoxes and solstices when they would have missile launches and they would face certain uh, cardinal points and they would venerate certain forces of nature when they're launching rockets at NASA. So very weird, bizarre occult stuff. Definitely talked about Parsons and Crowley and all kinds of stuff. Uh, fascinating. One more symbolism I was going to talk about that the Vatican um, knows about that's linked to consciousness is a gigantic pine cone that they have, the gigantic statue of the pine cone. Charlie, yeah, that's probably why you brought it up, right? Is because it's that's, uh, you know, anthropomorphized as being our pineal gland, yeah, which yeah. of course is your third eye. That's, I mean, there's so many crazy things going on in the Vatican, especially. You know, the lizard, <clears throat> excuse me, the lizard uh, coliseum that they've got that looks like you're inside a snake's mouth, as well as that hellscape that they have behind them that they proudly sit in front of and just tell you how to live your life. It's wild, man. And not even to mention like Mecca and the black Saturn cube and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so many wild things going on with it, with the symbolism, man. 
Yeah, it's not, it seems like uh, from what you guys are talking about, the, it seems like it, it's not too far of a stretch to suggest that the Vatican, um, the maybe maybe even the Catholic faith, the the, the Catholic faith, uh, it, the the actual public version of that is just almost like a, a cover to a, a story that is not the same as the cover. If you know what I mean, like a, it's a front. You know, uh, it seems like the, there's a lot more going on beneath the surface. Yeah, like any good secret society. You got like the front men, you know, and the below the 32nd, and then you got everybody that really knows what's going on. I was I've gonna, been, uh, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, go go ahead. ahead. No, I'm sorry. You're okay, well, um, anyway. just on the subject, you know, again, there's, if anybody wants to Google this individual, um, it, it's a man by the name of Jim Simivan. He is oh, yeah. the guy who, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a friend of the family. And I'm very open about my position. Like, I know this is, I'm very much into conspiracies. I'm not like trying to glorify people with, with government positions. It's just a fact. I'm just telling my experiences, you know, and I met, um, this man, Jim Simivan, who actually is the vice president of to the stars Academy with Tom DeLong, very, uh, good friend of the, of my family. And anyway, so, um, that is, um, damn, I don't exactly remember what, what was it that you had said right before it was relevant. I promise. Just about the symbolism, secret societies, the fronts. Right. Thank you. I'm sorry. So anyway, that's one thing that we had a conversation about personally on the phone was how they are very interested in studying like ancient Atlantis as far as the mystical roots are concerned, Helena Blavatsky. And that's one of the things he told me. Think very high ranking officer. Think GS-19. Highest rank is GS-21 in um, intelligence circles. And that's one of the things he personally told me is he is of the opinion that the works of Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophists – um, is uh, like accurate or credible or what have you. And he personally believed that in the ancient past, the far ancient past, we may have not even been physical beings. We may have been like a precursor godlike race who descended um, kind of like what you read in, you know, Edgar Casey material and Hel- Helena Blavatsky material, whether that's true or not, I don't care. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but my whole point is, you know, I've personally had chats with these people in very high-ranking positions in the military and in the CIA who are 100% steeped in esoteric knowledge, which, again, is not what we're getting in the mainstream. So, you know, it's just interesting. I wanted to ask you and Sean about that, actually, because it, it keeps cropping up in my mind that, you know, these masters and these adepts, if you talk about the theosophical stuff or these brotherhoods or, I mean, how do we even know? And if you're saying all these high-level operatives are into this stuff pretty deep into it, too, I mean, how do we even know what's the you know, what's UFOs or extraterrestrial, whatever. I mean, if they can visit us through these uh, invisible realms and they can do all kinds of stuff in these invisible realms, affect you, whether you're sleeping or dreaming or awake, you know, whether you have these experiences like NDEs or abductions that give you these special powers. I mean, it's, it just seems to be like it could be humans all along in these, in these secret societies. Yeah. Interesting. It's, I, I it's, think more than, it's more than it's more than human term, though. It's because it's it's ancient. It's the terminology more occult, you know, is is you know, uh, I think it's it it's a misnomer. The bottom line is we all have these powers. Every one Agreed. of us. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but most people can't just access them. I mean, I I do believe that the the, the training these people go through gives them uh, abilities that just normal people can't really access unless oh, no, you've I, had these experiences. I mean, yeah, I, but it, I agree. I agree that, that you know. But I think once you realize the fact that you have the capability, whether it's remote viewing, 
or or uh, psychic abilities or uh, being able to uh, uh, you know telekinesis, uh, moving a pencil across the table. These are all things that people have exhibited, and we we all have them, but we don't know how to use it, and we haven't had the experience. Uh, or the training to make it happen. So, uh, you know, we're a very, very unique uh, uh, bird, if you will. And uh, it's, uh, I think that uh, if we really put our minds to it, uh, whether your Kante Putaman area is uh, connected like some of these people, and that's what Gary Nolan and uh, Kit Green uh, uh, were analyzing in these people, that uh, there was a lot more connections in the people that had psychic abilities. Uh, so some of us don't have that capability. But uh, anyway, it's very interesting. But I, I hate the word occult because the bottom line is that uh, – it, it's. I think it's just the wrong word to use. <clears throat> what about I would advice? Say, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say I love the word. I see where you're coming from, but personally, I think it's a very wonderful, fascinating word that has been uh, kind of like stigmatized all these years. Because the fact of the matter is, the word occult just means hidden, and literally and technically, the truth is hidden. The truth is occult. Uh, the phenomenon, and, and, and again, I only can speak for myself and what I've experienced. I can't speak for everything else out there on the internet, but it, everything that I've personally experienced was a cult in nature. It was mystical. It was synchronistic. It was, it was uh, magical, if you will, and 100% I am a believer that the, the truth is inherently occult. Occult does not mean good or bad. It just means hidden, you know, so just, you know. If I can just I'll buy that. I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll just second that because I got to take off in a second here. Um, you know, if we think about why are things hidden, right? I mean, Christ says, "Don't don't throw uh, pearls before swine," and we are going through an evolution of you know human consciousness. Fundamentally, that's what we've seen you know for thousands of years. It's not to say that um, we're fully you know obviously we're not there where we want to be, but a lot of the mystical traditions the religions you know the avatars essentially they're there as as sort of goalposts or markers right and that's what's going on is that even the ufo phenomenon it is you know, as jung talked about a part of this you have to look into the psyche of humanity the consciousness of humanity the sci-fi dimension of it has been introduced for a reason the same way quantum physics has been introduced for a reason that's where we're going we are moving to become homo galactic galacticus perhaps in the ancient past we were that but there's been a huge fall and so a lot of the mythologies are there to tell us about the fall whether it's the fall of man the, the fall of the angels a lot of things have fallen into a physical realm now is the the end point of that physicality extreme materiality is what we're witnessing all the science all the, the darwinian notion of uh of evolution and you know basically everything can be reduced to genetics and dna and viruses all this is nonsense to just basically designed as markers to say where are you in consciousness are you going to fall for that trap and basically continue to fall or are you here to rise with the ascension process that as i understood back in 2012 earth is basically rising on the galactic plane the earth is activating the schumann resonance is spiking these you know the activity will only grow and increase but it's not for everyone to reach to that ascension point and it's okay if they don't the same way that it's okay if things are hidden for a reason if you're not if you're not courageous enough to face the demons you can't see god behind it 
You know, you can't see the angels behind it. And that's really what's going on. This is all a test to see where you are, who you are. Are you the hero of the journey or are you the one that's going to basically say, no, I don't want to take it. I'm going to go off and basically play another game and you'll go into a different unit, whether it's a different universe, a different dimension, whatever that may look like, right? Uh, There's basically a breaking, a shifting, a bifurcation point for all of us. And it's okay that not everybody makes it. There's nothing wrong with things being hidden from those that are not ready because their consciousness is not ready. And it's not, it's not a judgment, you know, it's not to say that I'm like, my consciousness is not, is not mastered either, but at least we are asking the questions. We are facing things that the shadows that people are scared of that are saying, Oh, I don't want to look there. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, I can't deal with that. You know what? They don't have the right then to walk into the heaven that awaits beyond those shadows. And that's really what this is about. And that's why there is no cult. And that's why even the bad guys are playing exactly the role they need to play by God's grace. And I'll leave you with that. Think about hidden conversations like this are what bring this out of the shadows. I mean, this is the point, right? You know, we're finding that supernatural is really way more natural. You know, I had Mike Rixsecker on recently. We were talking about this. And this is something that I think we're all really figuring out in this ascension of consciousness, man. I could not agree more. And when you start to view this place as like a game or a school or, you know, or God's in training with amnesia, whatever you want to say, it becomes a lot more actionable. And that's where you take, where you go from being the actor the role that you were playing in the play to being a participant in the movie, you realize you're the actor and that's when everything changes. And that's part of what these ego structures are here to facilitate. And this is why I really think that this place is perfectly designed for whatever we're here to experience at this time, this dualistic universe, this hot, dark, hot, cold, dark light, all this stuff. And it's to kind of give you a governance point to ping between to kind of grow your discernment. I really think that this is what this is all about, but you have to do it through these lizard turds, they keep coming up with ideas like the, you know, the great new deal and the reset and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's an option, but that's an, that's all it is. Just like anything else yelling for your attention, it, your attention is your currency here. That's the most valuable thing you have to exchange for and where attention and, you know, attention goes, energy flows, all this good stuff. Again, back to the pre, you know, programming stuff. It's, it's just so fascinating. I'm so grateful to hear these perspectives in a conversation about UFOs like this. I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. Totally agree. And again, just going to cut in with an anecdote. Um, that's a, one thing you said really just stood out to me. I personally had another conversation with um, same fella, Jim Simi Van, ran the spy program. I say that so people can Google it if they're catching up. But anyway, so one thing he told me in my backyard was that he, he thinks that humanity is wrong in its use of the word uh, supernatural or paranormal. According to those who are supposedly in the know or read into the program or what have you, um, the, the model is that all phenomenon in all dimensions of nature are natural, just as natural as you and me, like beings from higher realms, Bigfoot, Mothman, whatever, assuming these entities are real and they're true. They're not supernatural. They're not paranormal. They, the way it was explained to me, they just exist within a frequency range that we cannot easily detect or perceive with our five senses. And therefore it's unknown to us. So we have all this, it's supernatural, it's paranormal, but it's not, it exists in this reality, just as alive, just as real as you and me, we just can't detect it. So we're so, you know, we're so arrogant. We're so ignorant that we like to think all this stuff's not real because we can't see it. Well, you know, that's the way it was told to me, but I I like that you had said that, you know, it's, 
yeah. it rings true in my experience. Damn, damn, I'm going to have to change the name of my organization from the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I still say paranormal. I still say paranormal, I, you know. But. Before everybody anyway, so, leave, do, do you guys want to uh, plug all your work, all your shows, anything that you might have coming up? So that way people... They've been listening to your voices, so obviously I'm, I'm sure many people want to keep connected with you. Let them know what website, your URL, whatever social media you're on, all that stuff. I'll go. Um, since uh, Ryan's still here, we've got a lot of audiobooks uh, available now. A lot of theosophical books, like Isis Unveiled, um, All the Secret Doctrines, 1, 2, and 3. We've got some uh, other ones that aren't as well known as well. We've got some Manly P. Hall stuff uh, on audio. Charles Fort's collection is fantastic. So that'll, that can all be found either by searching my name, Graham Dunlop in Audible or adultbrain.ca. Then we have Grimerica podcast, so grimerica.ca, and you can find everything else there. We have trips, contact at the cabin, a bunch of uh, kind of like little mini conferences and trips and uh, a couple podcasts in there as well. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting about all this. I guess uh, I'll go next. I was okay, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to dip, but um, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I I know I came late to the show. Sam texted me. I was like eating dinner. I scrambled to get here as fast as possible. Uh, my name is Ryan Bledsoe. I have a show called um, Bledsoe Said So, and it's essentially a meta documentary podcast where um, I explain a mix of um, extreme esoteric symbolism hidden in pop culture as well as going very heavily into the events that have happened on my property since I was a 13 year old kid and us being investigated by like NASA, DARPA, the CIA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the agencies. And um, if anybody wants to look us up, it's just Bledsoe said so or Bledsoe podcast on all social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we're on all podcast platforms. And thank Uh, you very much for having me guys. Awesome. Uh, I'm Tony Merkel, host of the Confessionals podcast. I sit around and I talk to people about their experiences. So uh, I do most of my learning through uh, hearing about other people's experiences, and I like it that way. Uh, I have recently ventured into documentaries and uh, starting a media company, Merkel Media. And uh, we are we just launched our first documentary about two months ago, Dogman, uh, Expedition Dogman on YouTube. And uh, we are heading to Utah uh, next month, the second week of June, to do a whole documentary on uh, Skinwalker. So, yeah, it's going to be a good thing. I I can't say Skinwalker Ranch in the documentary because I'll get sued by them, apparently. So we're we're basically um, staying on a property right next to Skinwalker Ranch. It butts up against it. And uh, we're going to be investigating the entire area around it. And the whole gist of the documentary is... The phenomenon doesn't just exist on the ranch, but the entire area. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So cool, Tony. I can't wait to say that. Uh, thanks uh, for having me, guys. Uh, Brandon Thomas, Expanding Reality. You can catch all of it at expandingrealitypodcast.com. It's just everything's over there. A bunch of like, we have a whole section on the front page called Too Hot for YouTube because it's just stuff we won't put on YouTube or it's already been banned, like your Max Egan's, John Paul Rice, stuff like that. So go check it out, guys. Uh, all the lives we replay. Uh, we did an awesome one with Lester Velez. He was on there uh, for a couple of those. Those are all free as well. So just go expandingrealitypodcast.com. And thanks again, dude. This has been amazing. So grateful, guys. Thank you. 
Lester, you want to tell people? Sure. Where <laughs> okay, I'll go. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you so much for having uh, uh, us here tonight, Ricky. And, uh, um, you know, my uh, website is opusnetwork.org. Uh, our mission basically is to help people having paranormal experiences. And uh, <laughs> excuse my use of the word paranormal, <laughs> Ryan, but, uh, you know, that, that term came about in 1994. So uh, we, we you're haven't... off the hook. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, if you want to uh, see what we're all about, uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, we have a page, a group, and we're on YouTube. I do interviews. And so if any of you guys uh, uh, want to contact me, it's lesvelez69 at uh, gmail.com. And uh, I would love to have you on my show or I'd like to be on your show. So um to talk about what we do and, and the experiences that we've encountered. So thank you guys. Carly Robinson, macroaggressions, part of Merkle media. Thank you to Tony. Wow. Yes. 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 He produces the show. Uh, we've got some good ones coming up. Uh, you can follow on Twitter at macroaggressions, the website, the octopus of global control.com. Available in audio podcasts wherever podcasts are served and also in video on iconic rock fan Odyssey and video. The Ripple Effect Podcast.com. You can find all the places you can find the show and all the social media platforms I'm on. The videos available just about everywhere except YouTube because I got censored banned. And then the audio is available everywhere. So uh, the Ripple Effect Podcast.com or just search the Ripple Effect Podcast on whatever app you're listening to your podcasts. And uh, OBDMPod.com. Yeah, just go to OBDMPod.com and find all of our links. Just download it, put it on the morning. Eventually, you'll fall in love. Uh, that's it until uh, two weeks from now, guys. Hey, thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Amazing thank show. Thanks for thank you. Thank time. you, Brandon. Oh, thank you, brother. I'm glad you came. Thank you. Okay. See Good you night, guys. guys. Thank you guys have a great night. Thanks again, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for meeting you, Ryan. Nice meeting you too, by the way. I just followed you on Twitter. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>